<laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast, episode 143. Peter and I are here, uh, and we are glad to be back. It's Very been a much. while. Very much. Um, and just good timing today in the New York Times, an article about caregiving. And uh, the word agony, agony is in the title of the article, and it is accurate, and it is something that we really see ourselves. And it gives you the flavor of, this article's longer than what they usually run. And when I notice, it's, I think it's a little too long, but it gives you the flavor of the agony of what caregivers are going through and families are going through. Now we know, because we live in that world and we're very much part of it, but I don't think, I was talking to one of our favorite caregivers today in uh, Georgia, and what I realize is how for, she's, she takes it for granted, life and death. Mm -hmm. She deals with it and so do we. And yet, it's an extraordinary reality, it's, it's true for all of us, and it's, yet, it's the underbelly of what most realities are for us, and as far as what we pay attention to in our society. But we live there, and we know the stresses and the distresses of it for ourselves and for others. This article, it's called The Agony of the Ooh. Caregiving Generation, whatever. Yes, something like that, yeah. And the emphasis on this article is the younger generation, the millennials and the uh, Generation Zs are a huge component of the caregiving generation, which I'll be honest with you, I didn't know. It's a much bigger amount, uh, the increase. Uh, they've got some statistics in the article I, that were startling to us because mm -hmm. we were kind of aware of the caregiving explosion of the need for caregiving, but the, the change in the age of caregivers and family situations is dramatic. Yes. Um, this article profiles a woman who has teenage daughters and uh, found herself suddenly needing to care for her father and all of the difficulties that came up around this for her. Just to, just to give you one, it's, we know about 42 million people caring for caregivers. These are the unpaid caregivers. Um, but the share of caregivers who are under 45 quintupled over the past two decades to nearly 66% from 16%. That's dramatic. That's dramatic. Uh, many of the 72 million baby boomers are now in their 70s. I'm one. Mm -hmm. And uh, now their kids are having to take care of them. They also talk about the Center of Disease Control and Prevention reported in early 2021, 2021 that 34% over... Uh, percent of Americans 18 and older either caring for an adult or juggling the care of both adults and children. In another poll, 60% of first-time caregivers were millennials and Generation Zs. Yes, very young, very young. It's, it's, uh, it's huge. And we know the distress and the stresses that these families are under. We know the professional caregivers, even though they're professionals, we know the stress that they're under. We've dedicated our lives and our nonprofit now to supporting them and teaching them new ways of taking care of themselves, not the ways of self-care that um, there are organizations that emphasize it, but we really emphasize it in a new way. Yes, we, our Lynn's Legacy program. Our Lynn's uh, Legs Caring for the Caregiver. It includes things that we experienced and learned when we were caring for Lynn, which is why we call it Lynn's Legacy for Lynn Bernstein. Mm -hmm. And we found that while there are there's good information on self-care out there, we found things that were essential 
that people aren't talking about. Right. And we've, we had, you know, we've been trauma workers. I've been a trauma worker for over 50 years. And one of the things is we've learned as a psychotherapist and a psychologist, today as a mentor and coach, um, I've learned so much about self-care uh, and how important it is just to, just to survive as long as I have in the kind of work we do. And we've applied a lot of our experience and knowledge um, to the trauma that caregivers go through. And I mean the professionals as well. And we see what they go through. We see what the nurses went through during the pandemic and the suicide and the suicide attempts. Um, we've seen so much. And we also know the pain and the stress that people go through. And then family members who aren't professionals. And yet the responsibility Mm-hmm. has fallen on them. Yes. One of the things that we have discovered over and over again, and there are studies to confirm this, is there's always one burden sustainer in the family mm-hmm. that takes on all of the responsibilities of a caregiver. In our organization, probably all of us are those people um, and families. But with these are families that have other siblings, or and what you'll yeah. find is, they don't contribute or they fall away and it's that one that is the the one that accepts the burden and doesn't run away from it they're the ones that really suffer the most become overwhelmed i mean we i think when we meet a family here of a family that has come together has pulled together with this caregiving effort it's unusual very unusual it's rewarding to see it's it's a wonderful thing but it's very unusual most of the time like you said one person ends up with all of the burden, and then their health suffers. And you know, it's an interesting thing for us to be those people, uh, professionally and personally. It's so easy to forget to take care of ourselves, all of us. And here I am, a professional all these years. Monday, I'm going into the hospital because I, in my caregiving, in my caretaking of myself, um, I use I ride cutting horses and I train horses and that sustains me believe it or not I I like that adrenaline rush competition but I tore my hip just when I'm ready to start competing and you know why because I've used it so consistently to take care of myself so I can come back to the difficult work of dealing with people that suffer from trauma caregiving as well as other things PTSD sufferers as well and one of the things I say, when I learned over and over again, and we all have, is it's very easy to forget about taking care of ourselves when you're dealing with people that are in such bad shape. Mm-hmm. And all you, you know, it's hard to just put yourself in there to take care of yourself when they're suffering so, they're dying. You see, they're their sick. need is so great, yeah, you know. and it's hard to say, I've got to stop and take care of myself. It is. Very hard. Really hard. And we work in teams, and thank God for that because. <laughs> there's an accountability and yet if you're stubborn like me you don't listen until you get hurt or until your health suffers yeah. my health hasn't suffered permanently but I definitely typically for me got hurt um, for others they get tired their emotional exhaustion is enormous the depression the anxiety the financial pressures which I can attest to for my own really? caring for my my mother and father still care for my 98-year-old mother and my wife, who's passed away two years ago in a week and a half. I know what that costs. And it bankrupts a good portion of the families that do this. I think almost every family has a huge financial challenge for caregiving. There are some families, the very, very tiny percent, that can afford what they need. 
and then there are some families that can qualify for some aid, but there's the huge group of people between those two. Well, you know, it's interesting. You don't have to make that much money not to qualify to get some um, public assistance. If you make over a certain amount, you're not eligible to get that help. small, small And it's not a big amount. Yeah. I know I ran into that. I didn't have time to waste, so I had to pay for it. But <laughs> I have debt to pay probably for years to come, so I've been told over and over, and I do. Thank God I'm able to take care of it somehow. And um, But I make a good living, and I work hard, and I see many, many families that are going through the same thing, and they can't pull it off. No. And the stress of it, the distress is huge. So they burn out. They get sick. Um, they begin to get emotionally absolutely depleted and exhausted. And a lot of the ones that accept the burdens of caregiving eventually become bitter and angry because other people in the family don't come through. And it can happen to any yeah. of us. The other thing that the article was talking about was this, the woman that they were profiling was a mom as well as a daughter of a man who needed care. Yeah. And because of the expenses, because of the demands on her time, she felt that she was not being the mom she wanted to be, yeah. and so she felt guilt and just self-recrimination, and so the effect spread throughout the family. Yes, and uh, we see it often. Now, this new gen—I didn't know the statistics um, of the generation and millennials and the generation Zs. That's a little younger than we are, but to know that they're carrying such burdens because those are the folks that have young children, those are the folks that are out building a career and they're not always making the kind of money that us, we older folks that have been in our careers for a long time and they have to come through and they have to take care of their own families it interrupts their own ambitions and their own desires for their careers and they can't come through for their own because they're so busy taking care of a sick parent yeah. um, we've seen this so much uh, we are committed, I think for the rest of my career in Jenny's and others that work with us, to um, apply our expertise and, and experience with, in trauma work and what we've learned about how to take care of ourselves, how to pay attention to our bodies and deal with all that emotional burden that we, we take on. Um, we're committed and this podcast is one of the places we are committed. We want to reach out to caregivers. We want to give them encouragement and hope and tell them they're not alone. And there are answers to take care of yourself. And we are we're building programs now, which we, we've used before, to teach caregivers how to take care of themselves, how to pay attention to preserve themselves, and to realize the energy that they are absorbing. This is a key concept, the energy absorption. I think this is one of the things we did not see discussed when we were out looking at self-care out no, there. We, because of our experience working with people who suffered trauma uh, and with the body, uh, have a, a, an experience with energy that people take on. Uh, why don't you kind of explain what you mean by that? Well, you know, it might sound like a little far, far out. Now, I'm not a very far out guy. But I tell you what, in the work that we do and what I've learned in my own PhD training many years ago, um, the emphasis on positive energies, you know, energy that you, that you have, energies that we've been traumatized and have been disturbed, they over a period of time distort our nervous systems. They deserve our, our fight or flight mechanisms, those automatic mechanisms. Um, 
They're similar to emotions or they're related to emotions? They are related to emotions. And, you know, when I, when I think about the work I've always done, I know what I take on. I can feel it, and I can feel what it's doing to my body. And I know that I'm committed to doing that. So we've developed skills and abilities to be there for the person that we're working with at the time has a need. But we also know it's temporary because we have to also take care of ourselves. And if we don't, we're not going to be able to be doing this in the long haul. So we've learned over many years the skills of what it takes to pay attention to what we're taking on physically, not to diminish what we're feeling in our bodies, but to pay attention to it and to realize if we don't take care of this, that negativity is going to begin to take us over and eventually we will get sick, plenty sick. Um, it can be deadly, in fact. I've seen many uh, medical people, they don't pay attention to this until it's too late. So we've learned how to do that and how to teach other people ways to preserve themselves and develop resilience. That's an emphasis that we want to make in our trainings through our nonprofit, Lynn's Legacy, Caring for the Caregiver, um, also veterans and their families is where we started. Well, what are going to say? I'm just going to say that, that one of the things that we really want people to pay attention to, or caregivers, yeah. is this buildup of energy or emotion, an awareness of your patterns in your body. And for an example, just I want to kind of give a concrete example so people really do kind of get what you're talking about. You, you're talking about people whose jaw become very tight and that that can be a sign of, of stored anger. Rage. Rage, anger. And there are different types of physical patterns that can show people what their emotions that they're storing up are. And without addressing them or becoming aware of them, that is what so often leads to burnout. And sickness and death. <laughs> Very serious sicknesses, cardiovascular, many things. But what we've also, and we also know the parts of the body that have most caregivers, really the people who take on a lot of burden, we have found have trauma in their past that um, has definitely damaged them, but they've developed empathy out of it, which is a real, to us it can be a very positive. It can also be disturbed empathy in the sense that they learn to endure terrible kinds of pain because they had to survive, and that's what they're used to. But that accumulates, it doesn't go away. And when you go into caregiving and you have that, those are the areas that are going to get overloaded. And if you don't pay attention to it, it creates an awful lot of pain. Um, the chest gets very tight. I know mine did. Um, it's a, it's, we call it shields and armoring in our bodies. Well, that's the way we protected ourselves. But what's behind it is a stored emotion that did not get normally discharged. When you're a caregiver, I got to tell you, we don't have the time, in the, we, we, I wish we did, to discharge what we're, we're absorbing. So we've developed training skills on, uh, we call hitting the pause button, which means right. you're going to feel some of this, but right now you're there for that other person. It doesn't mean you're invulnerable. It just means for now you're going to be there for that person, but you're feeling what's going on, but you're going to have to take care of that. You're not going to bury it. No, no bearing. It just means later on you're going to have to take care of it. If you don't, you're going to get sick and, and it's going to accumulate. So we've developed skills and abilities of therapeutically to help people discharge and get rid of that energy. And it's very, very important. Practical as anything I've ever heard of when you're a caregiver. We know what to do. 
we offer those training programs. Our nonprofit is emphasizing it. We're looking at, and we're also emphasizing financial help for families and caregivers in need. Uh, we're raising the money. It's not that easy to, to do, mm-hmm. but we are committed, and our board of directors is very committed uh, themselves. So we're here today to tell you there is hope. But if you don't do anything about this, it will turn into a hopelessness, a despair, a negativity, a bitterness, and a burnout. And you won't want to take care of anybody. And the statistics are showing how many people are going to be touched in their families, in their own lives, by a need for caregiving. This is a just a growing, growing need Enormous. that will continue. Um, it's a kind of a... Your, the title of your book... Trauma, the hidden epidemic, and when you wrote it a little over 10 years ago, the hidden epidemic you were referring to was the Great Recession and the effect oh, it had on people. I think we've got almost like another one coming here. This is um, I wouldn't say this is truly hidden, but I don't think it's really on many as many people's radars as it should be. That this is a coming issue that's going to have to be addressed in this country. So how are we going to care for all of the people who will need it. And it's huge. It's huge. Um, I also want to say this to all caregivers. I think in our society, particularly, you've been put at the bottom of the this barrel. This is true, and as it's far huge... as, as far as payment, yeah. um, as far as respect, respect and acknowledgement as professionals, I think it's, an, it's horrible <laughs> because we find that it's a very high calling. And people who do this deserve a lot more acknowledgement and appreciation and respect Mm-hmm. and better pay, all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think that's happened, but it's going to be, it's a, it's a blossoming field where other, <laughs> other professions and the, the growth factor is nothing near as uh, high as caregivers for the future. So we want to offer the, the support and respect and honor what you're doing and telling you. You may not be treated like you deserve respect or appreciate what you're putting yourself through and what or, you're able to do, but you deserve. Or get the support you should get from your fellow family members. Oh, yeah. You deserve extra support for Absolutely. what you Absolutely. And for those of you who are the burden bearers in the family, my heart goes out to you. And I know it's so easy, I can speak from experience, to get bitter and angry that you see the other people and they don't want, they're nowhere to be found. And yet you can stay bitter and angry and it doesn't hurt anybody but yourself. Yeah. I had a lot of support to get over that, to be honest with you. And I, th- there wasn't much change I could get in other people, but I had to change my attitude. And that was, I can't waste my time on being resentful and bitter toward other people who are not coming through because I needed every bit of my energy to be positive and effective and um, relevant to what I was dealing with. That counted. The rest of it, unfortunately, I wasn't going to change, and I didn't. But I couldn't waste my time focusing on that. Now, that's a big challenge for all of you, burden bearers. But you better get a handle on it quickly, or you'll, that will drain you. It will take you down. It's like a, an emotional hemorrhage. Mm-hmm. So I, I, talking to somebody who could get very angry and bitter, um, find ways to don't get caught up in that. And you'll find that you're human, and it will happen. But you've got to shift out of it, and you've got to focus on what's really important. Don't waste your time on what these other people are not doing. And I think that article you're talking about spoke about when it finally came out with the the intensity of the bitterness. 
and the burden bearer was wiped out already, and she let go, and she was banning everybody in the family for not coming through. And they gave the flavor of that in this article. They really did. And, and so, i got to tell you, it's human, but don't waste your time. So what I'll do is uh, I will put a link to that article in our show notes for today. But what we want to leave you with is something more positive. That there is hope. And you'll grow. This is a, i got to say, this is a profession and an experience that is a life changer. You will never be the same again. And I mean that in the most positive way that we are spiritual people, I don't mean religiously, but spiritually, definitely, and you can, there's a change that can happen, a humility that can develop in people like me, who's so prideful, um, and bringing it down to earth, it can counteract a lot of the bad attitudes you might have been growing up with. And it's through the struggles that you are willing to take on that where the greatest growth develop in every way, emotionally, Every way, spiritually, will come through. And it's an extraordinary reality that not everybody is willing to take, and I can understand why. But there is so much positive fulfillment and growth and development and purposefulness that nothing else comes close. I can attest to that, too. And yes, it's been my experience. That's been both of our experiences yeah. and the people that we've had the privilege to work with. Absolutely. I'm still stubborn, though. But it's okay. I, I can break down. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Humility, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you for joining us. The Survivor's Guide to Life podcast is sponsored by Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 charity that relies on donations to keep us on all the podcast outlets and on our YouTube channel. We are at thesurvivorsguidetolife.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Please like and share. Peter and I can be reached at 707-781-3335 or Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. And we offer you our best wishes and blessings. And if you need anything, let us know. Take care. We'll be back to, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.